Come on, let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. Uh, we thank you, God, that your word brings life and it changes us. Father, we ask in the name of Jesus that it would make us bold, it would make us confident, it would make us secure in you and the good plans that you have for our life. We trust you today, and everybody agrees. Said? Amen. Now, I want you to do something for me. I want you to grab your neighbor. Grab them, okay? You can grab, I give you permission to grab their face, okay? Their face. I know, I know. You can grab their face, okay? All right? I want you to look at them and say, it's going to be exciting today, okay? Say, it's going to be, it's going to be exciting today. It's going to be good, okay? Why is faith exciting? Faith is exciting because it's an opportunity to see the goodness of God in your life. And when you see the goodness of God in your life, that is a moment that God has ordained and planned for you to go, this can never be taken away from me. I don't care what anybody has to say about my God. I don't care what anybody has to say about my church. I don't care what anybody has to say about the word of God. I know that in this moment, God showed up for me and my family. And you see the goodness of God. And you see his nature and you see his character and it builds your faith, it builds your confidence, and it builds your endurance. And how many of you know you need some endurance in this life? This life is not easy. The word says it rains on the just and the unjust. So there's going to be hard days in this life. But the reality is, as believers in Jesus, we go, yes, there's hard days, but my God is good. Yes, there are tough moments, but I know the word of God, and I know his promises, and what he's promised for my life, he will heal, he will restore. Whatever the enemy is trying to steal, kill, and destroy, he will turn around back for my good, in Jesus' name. Amen? God's good, and he's faithful. And he loves taking these moments. You know, I'll never forget, when I think about, about God and faith, it just makes me excited. Because it's the goodness of God. It's the story of the goodness of God. And so we're going to look at that today, and we're going to look at faith. So if you go with me to the book, 2 Chronicles chapter 20, okay? Old Testament today. And um, we're going to read our second. Chronicles chapter 20, but here's the truth, okay? There's about 30 words in this chapter that I can't pronounce. There's about 30 words in this chapter that you can't pronounce either, okay? Let's, let's just be real for a second. So we're going to watch a video real quick. So go ahead and play that video, bad. Chapter 20. After this, the armies of the Moabites, Ammonites, and some of the Mehunites declared war on Jehoshaphat. Messengers came and told Jehoshaphat, A vast army from Edom is marching against you from beyond the Dead Sea. They are already at Hazazon Tamer. This was another name for Engedi. Jehoshaphat was alarmed by this news and sought the Lord for guidance. He also gave orders that everyone throughout Judah should observe a fast. So people from all the towns of Judah came to Jerusalem to seek the Lord. Jehoshaphat stood before the people of Judah and Jerusalem in front of the new courtyard at the temple of the Lord. He prayed, O Lord, God of our ancestors, you alone are the God who is in heaven. You are ruler of all the kingdoms of the earth. 
You are powerful and mighty. No one can stand against you. Oh, our God, did you not drive out those who lived in this land when your people arrived? And did you not give this land forever to the descendants of your friend Abraham? Your people settled here and built this temple for you. They said, whenever we are faced with any calamity such as war, disease, or famine, we can come to stand in your presence before this temple where your name is honored. We can cry out to you to save us, and you will hear us and rescue us. And now see what the armies of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir are doing. You would not let our ancestors invade those nations when Israel left Egypt, so they went around them and did not destroy them. Now see how they reward us, for they have come to throw us out of your land which you gave us as an inheritance. Oh, our God, won't you stop them? We are powerless against this mighty army that is about to attack us. We do not know what to do, but we are looking to you for help. As all the men of Judah stood before the Lord with their little ones, wives, and children, the Spirit of the Lord came upon one of the men standing there. His name was Jehaziel, son of Zechariah, son of Benaiah, son of Jael, son of Mataniah, a Levite who was a descendant of Asaph. He said, Listen, King Jehoshaphat, listen, all you people of Judah and Jerusalem. This is what the Lord says. Do not be afraid. Don't be discouraged by this mighty army, for the battle is not yours but God's. Tomorrow, march out against them. You will find them coming up through the ascent of Ziz at the end of the valley that opens into the wilderness of Jeruel. But you will not even need to fight. Take your positions, then stand still and watch the Lord's victory. He is with you, O people of Judah and Jerusalem. Do not be afraid or discouraged. Go out there tomorrow, for the Lord is with you. Then King Jehoshaphat bowed down with his face to the ground. And all the people of Judah and Jerusalem did the same, worshiping the Lord. Then the Levites from the clans of Kohath and Korah stood to praise the Lord, the God of Israel, with a very loud shout. Early the next morning, the army of Judah went out into the wilderness of Tekoa. On the way, Jehoshaphat stopped and said, Listen to me, all you people of Judah and Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, and you will be able to stand firm. Believe in his prophets, and you will succeed. After consulting the leaders of the people, the king appointed singers to walk ahead of the army, singing to the Lord and praising him for his holy splendor. This is what they sang. Give thanks to the Lord. His faithful love endures forever. At the moment they began to sing and give praise, the Lord caused the armies of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir to start fighting among themselves. The armies of Moab and Ammon turned against their allies from Mount Seir and killed every one of them. After they had finished off the army of Seir, they turned on each other. So when the army of Judah arrived at the lookout point in the wilderness, there were dead bodies lying on the ground for as far as they could see. Not a single one of the enemy had escaped. King Jehoshaphat and his men went out to gather the plunder. They found vast amounts of equipment, clothing, and other valuables, more than they could carry. There was so much plunder that it took them three days just to collect it all. On the fourth day, they gathered in the Valley of Blessing which got its name that day, because the people praised and thanked the Lord there. 
It is still called the Valley of Blessing today. Then they returned to Jerusalem with Jehoshaphat leading them, full of joy that the Lord had given them victory over their enemies. They marched into Jerusalem to the music of harps, lyres, and trumpets, and proceeded to the temple of the Lord. When the surrounding kingdoms heard that the Lord himself had fought against the enemies of Israel, the fear of God came over them. So Jehoshaphat's kingdom was at peace, for his God had given him rest on every side. Aren't you glad that your name isn't Jehoshaphat? <laughs> I'm really thankful for like names like Sarah and Adam and Bruce and, and just things like that. Isn't that a great story? Come on, we're going to jump uh, into it today, okay? Faith. Faith. And when I think about faith, I think about what God has done in my life, just like this story. The story is a story of the goodness of God. The story is a story about God's faithfulness. The story is a story about God's mighty right arm. This is a great story. This is a story about what God has done, not what man has done. And I believe that this is the story that God wants to do in our church. I believe that our church is in a season of faith and our church is in a season of seeing what God is going to take us to next, amen, okay? But when I think about God's faithfulness and I think about walking in faith, I think about this old song called, Look What the Lord Has Done. Anybody remember that song? Oh, I mean, like, okay, raise your hand if you know that song. Okay, I need my people. Okay, keep your hand high. Be proud that you grew up in church. Okay, so my man, Eddie, we're going to sing this song out today. Okay, you ready? Listen. <laughs> Listen, yeah, not, not like, not like, look what the Lord has done. You know what I mean? Not like, not like I'm ashamed, okay? I'm talking about like somebody just got out of a wheelchair. Look what the Lord has done moment, okay? Are right, you ready, Eddie? You ready? We got to bust out this old song. I know I can't sing, but I know you can drum, okay? I know you can. You ready, right? Look what the Lord Look what the Lord has done. He healed my body. He changed my mind. He saved me just in time. Oh, I'm going to praise his name. Each day is just the same. Come on and praise him. Look what the Lord has done. Give it up for Eddie. I think we sang that song like every week in church. I mean, every week there was a testimony. And we sang that song. But you know what's interesting about that song? It makes me happy. Because it reminds me of the great things that God has done in my life. You know, I remember our first real moment of faith as a young married couple. Jess was seven months pregnant. We were working at a small church in Mississippi. And we were right just about before Christmas, and we were going to come home for Christmas Eve here in Cincinnati or to Dayton area. And uh, I'll never forget, I was praying. I was like, Lord, you know, this isn't going real well. Church isn't happy. We're not happy. Things aren't really flowing the way we thought they were. I was like, Lord, what do you want me to do? And the Lord was really clear with me. He said, I want you to quit your job on Christmas Eve when you talk to Pastor Mike. And I was like, 
well, God, maybe I should get another job, you know, like before I quit my job, you know, like I do have a child on the way. And he said, nope, you will quit your job on Christmas Eve when you meet with Pastor Mike. And so, you know, that day, Christmas Eve, Jess actually was working at the Gap, and so she went to the Gap, and I drove in early that morning to meet with Pastor Mike, and Pastor Mike, you know, looked at me and said, you know, Jeff, we love you guys a lot, but it just doesn't seem like things are really working out, and do you think you can turn this around? And I said, absolutely not. I am not the man for this job, and I need to quit. And he said, well, praise the Lord. And I said, well, praise the Lord, too. And so... I remember I went and I picked up Jess, and she said, how was the meeting? I said, I quit my job. She said, praise the Lord. And so we drove to the airport. We got in the airplane, and we drove, uh, flew to Cincinnati. And I, it reminded me of this the other night when we flew into Cincinnati. And when you fly into Cincinnati, you go up this big escalator to baggage claim. And so we're going up the escalator with my three boys and my family the other night. And we're going up there, and the Lord's reminding me of this story. And I remember we got our bags, and Jess, you know, was seven months pregnant with Michael, our oldest, that is now 13 years old old, and we uh, go out to meet her mom and dad, and I remember it was a blizzard. It was just a blizzard, and her mom and dad and all of her sisters were in the car, and Matt was in the car. He was little at that time. I think he was like around eight years old or so, and and, and Brenda has the video camera rolling because she is a, you know, a, a typical mom, and she wants to capture every moment, and she has that video camera rolling. She goes, Merry Christmas. We're so excited you guys are here. How was your day? And we said, it was great. We quit our job today, you know? And I, to this day, we're still trying to find that video. I mean, I would pay anything for that video. But you know what I'm glad about? I'm glad I obeyed God. Because that's what faith is. Faith is obedience to what God is asking and calling you to do. The Lord needed me to take a step of faith before he moved. Sometimes, oh, man, it is quiet in here today. Sometimes the Lord needs you to take a step of faith. I wonder how many times God's going, I'm just waiting. Just waiting on you. Waiting on you to do what I asked. Super glad that at a young age there was something in my soul that said, I want to build the kingdom of God and not my kingdom. I thought that was so incredibly wise what Levi said that, that our amazing elder, Ryan Wonderly, spoke into his life. When Ryan said, hey, are you building Levi's kingdom or are you building the kingdom of God? And that's a question for all of us. Are we building our kingdom or God's kingdom? Because the reality is this, and you want to write this down, okay? Because when you put God's kingdom first, he puts your kingdom first. When you put the kingdom of God first, when you put him as the priority of your home, the priority of your finances, the priority of your life, the priority of your passions, he goes, you know what? I can trust this family. I'm going to bless this family. I'm going to increase their territory. They're faithful. I can trust them. I can do some things inside of this family. So we see a recipe for faith in the life of Jehoshaphat. And we're going to kind of take some uh, wisdom from this. Second Chronicles chapter 20, verse 3 says, Jehoshaphat was terrified by the news and began to beg the Lord for guidance. So he also ordered everyone in Judah to begin to fast. Point number one today is this. Why is Jehoshaphat fearful? Why is he terrified in this moment? 
And to really understand why he's terrified, we got to jump back a couple chapters. And people do this all the time in the Bible. We take scriptures out of the Bible and we take it out of contents and we don't really know the whole entire story. And we just kind of go, I like that verse and I'm just going to apply it to this situation. And so we're going to go back. Chapter 17, verse 3 says this about Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat's becoming the king. He's the new appointed king by the Lord. And the Lord was with Jehoshaphat because he followed the example of his father's early years and did not worship images of Baal. This is an ongoing issue in Israel. God delivers them out of bondage, provides them a promised land, but now they are constantly in the season of going back and forth between worshiping the God of men or the God of the universe, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Verse 4, he saw his father's God and obeyed his commands instead of following evil practices of the king of Israel. Verse 5, so the Lord established Jehoshaphat's control over the kingdom of Judah. And all the people of Judah brought gifts to Jehoshaphat, and he became very wealthy and highly esteemed. He was deeply committed to the ways of the Lord. Underline that, circle that, highlight that. He was deeply committed to the ways of the Lord, removing pagan shrines, Asher poles from Judah. Verse 10 goes on to say this, the fear of the Lord fell over the surrounding kingdoms. Why does the fear of the Lord fall to all the other kingdoms? Because Jehoshaphat is committed to the God of Israel, the true God of Israel. So no one wanted to declare war against Jehoshaphat. Verse 12, so Jehoshaphat became more and more powerful and built fortresses and strong cities throughout Judah goes on in chapter 17 that he approximately has 1.2 million soldiers at his disposal in his land to protect his interests and to protect his people. He's rich, he's powerful, and he has the Lord's backing in his life. Amen? God's favor is upon him. So then why is he terrified in chapter 20? Well, we got to look at chapter 18. In chapter 18, he makes an unwise decision. In chapter 18, he decides to team up with the king of Jerusalem. And the king of Jerusalem says, hey, I want to go into battle, and I want to take this other territory. I want you to come with me. I want you to have my back. I want you to bring all those great soldiers and mighty warriors that you have, and we're going to come together, we're going to be united, and we're going to go take this land. But the problem was this that this king didn't value the ways of God like Jehoshaphat did, okay? And wasn't committed to the things of God. And his heart wasn't to seek after the Lord. I want to do a PSA announcement today, okay? This is a special announcement for everybody that can hear my voice today, okay? All right? Be careful who you come into agreement with in this life. Be careful who you choose to come in agreement with, okay? Not everybody has the right heart. Not everybody has the right intentions. Not everybody's seeking the Lord with the right fervor and passion that they need to, okay? I hear things like this. I remember when I was a youth pastor, I'd always hear this. Pastor Jeff, 
Uh, he just said he loved me, you know, and like he is so cute and he's got these beautiful dimples and he is so kind and I just love him. And I would always be like, really? Like you just met him like 48 hours ago, you know what I mean? Or, or I have situations in the church all the time like, Pastor Jeff, that's my boy. We've been riding together since seventh grade. He's got my back. We're ride or die. We got each other. We're in agreement. Listen. Jehoshaphat chooses to trust somebody he shouldn't trust. In his life, we're in these situations all the time. You know who I trust? Number one, I trust the Holy Spirit. Thankful for the Holy Spirit. You need the Holy Spirit. Why was I praying in tongues this morning? Because I need the Holy Spirit. I need his wisdom. I need his guidance. I need his direction in my life. I trust the Holy Spirit. You know who else I trust? I trust my wife. My wife is never wrong. I hate to say it, okay? I mean, she is just flat out never wrong. She hears from God. She will, we will meet somebody and she'll go, I don't like that person. I'll be like, are you serious? We're not a judgmental church. She's like, I'm not judging them. She's like, there's just something wrong with them. <laughs> I'll be like, and sure enough, like a year later, I'll be like, oh, there's some critters on them in Jesus' name, you know. <laughs> and she was right. She was right. You know who else I trust? I trust our elder team. Why do I trust our elders? Why do I trust Bill and Etta? Why do I trust Ryan and Megan? Why do I trust Shannon and Christina? Why do I trust Mark and Brenda? Because I've looked at their life. And I see the fruit that they're producing in their life. And it's trustworthy. Be careful who you come into agreement with in this life. Jehoshaphat chooses to trust himself. He chooses to trust his own possessions, what he had at his disposal. He chose to trust a friend that didn't really have his best interests in mind. Because the reality is this, that God sent a prophet in chapter 18 to the king and warned them, hey, this is not what the Lord wants. This is not what the Lord desires. But yet they went forward, trusting in themselves. And in chapter 18, the king of Israel dies, his friend dies, and God does not bless the war. They lose the war. They lose the battle. Why do they lose the battle? Because God is not obligated to bless anything that's not his plan. You need to write that down. God is not obligated to bless your plans, my plans that I dream up. I'll never forget a couple years ago when the church started. I remember one of my friends had this big uh, movie night for the community. And he got into my ear and he was like, you need to have a movie night. You just started a church. You want to bring people into the church. You need to go reach the community. And I remember I was praying about it and I had no peace. But I was like, you know what? He did it and it worked for him and we're going to do it. And I'll never forget. I stood before the church and I said, we're going to raise money. And we're going to have this great movie night right across the street at the freshman building and we're going to reach our community and we're going to love them with Jesus. You know what happened that day? It rained like it's never rained in Ohio before. It was like a hurricane that day. And I remember all week, all week I saw rain. I was like, it's not going to rain. I have faith for rain. God's not going to have it rain on this day. And the Lord said, this wasn't my plan. I don't have to bless this. This was your plan, Jeff. I'm not behind this. I'll get behind what I commission. Sometimes we learn the hard way. 
Jehoshaphat is terrified. Why? Because he just had a massive failure. Can anybody relate with Jehoshaphat today? I know I can. I've had moments where I'm like, man, blew that one. But aren't you glad that we serve the God of second chances? Our God is faithful when we're not faithful. Our God is good when we're not good. Because it goes on, and remember verse 3, it says that Jehoshaphat was terrified at the news and begged the Lord for guidance. He also ordered everyone in Judah to begin to fast. So what does Jehoshaphat do right this time? Instead of trusting himself, instead of trusting his bank account, instead of trusting his army, instead of trusting what everybody else is saying, he says, no, don't care. I want to know what the God of Israel has to say to me today. And he turns his face back to the Lord. Point number two, everyone in Judah began to fast. I know when I say the word fast, people go, look. Listen, I don't like to fast just as much as you don't like to fast, okay? Can I get an amen for a steak dinner today in Jesus' name, all right? I mean, I like me some food, okay? Enjoy me some food. But the king says, we're all going to fast. And what was the purpose of the fast? Sometimes we need to realign our priorities. So somewhere the king said, our priorities have gotten changed. Our priorities were to seek God, trust him, and to follow his plan. And it got off track. So as a country, as a nation, we're all going to realign our priorities. Because sometimes our priorities are wrong. Sometimes our priorities are, I need, I need, I need. I want, I want, I want. I need, I need, I need. I want, I want, I want. Sometimes it's, I need a husband. I need a wife. I need a vacation. I need a new car, right? I need this ho-ho right now in Jesus' name. You know what I mean? I need, or I need to get away from my husband, or I need to get away from my wife. Can I get an amen? Let's be honest. Let's be truthful sometimes, okay? Or sometimes it's I, my priorities, it's my career. I'm focused on my career. Let's just listen to a podcast about Sam Walton and how he grew Walmart. And on his deathbed, in his autobiography that he writes, he talks about how he wishes he wouldn't have sacrificed his family for his career. So sometimes our priorities are career. Sometimes it's our kid. Sometimes it's King's Island. Can I get an amen for King's Island? But we need to take inventory of what we really need. This is what King Jehoshaphat is doing. He's saying, listen. We need to take inventory as a body of what do we really need in this moment. See, fasting is taking inventory of your soul. Fasting is taking inventory of what is my heart really beating for on a daily basis? What am I really passionate for? What really consumes my mind and my soul and my heart? That's what fasting does. And when we take inventory of our soul, it makes room for who? the Holy Spirit to say, dot, 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 whatever he wants to say. I mean, think about our lives. Think about how busy we are. 
I mean, if we really think about how little bit of time we give the Holy Spirit to speak into our heart. See, fasting realigns us to go, Holy Spirit, what are you saying? What is the king, King Jesus, want to say to me about my life, my marriage, my kids, my future? What are you saying, God? And when the Holy Spirit speaks to us, our priorities change. Like things like what? Like our attitudes, right? Sometimes we need an attitude adjustment. I remember my mom would be like, Jeff, you need an attitude adjustment, you know? And I'd be like, you need an attitude adjustment, you know? Sometimes we need to change our attitudes. Sometimes the only things that are coming out of our mouth is complaining. Sometimes the only things coming out of our soul is talking about stress and pressure. Sometimes we need to evaluate the attitudes of our soul. I saw this post the other day, and it just brought everything into perspective. It said, you are blessed if you live in a house, you drink clean water, you have clothes on your back, and you have clean water to drink. You are blessed. Can I get an amen, somebody? We all, come on, somebody. No, come on. We live in America, y'all. America. Go on a missions trip. Go with Ryan to Brazil. Go to Africa. You will come back and go, thank you, Jesus, for clean water. Thank you, Jesus, for this house that I live in. I don't need Susie's house. I'm thankful for my house. Sometimes our priorities change in our passions. Sometimes we're just too passionate about things that God doesn't want us to be passionate about. Sometimes we need to change things in our marriage. Priorities change in our marriage. All of a sudden I stop being selfish and I go, what does my wife, what does my husband need? What, what is their love language? How can I show them love? How can I show them grace? The Holy Spirit speaks to us. The Holy Spirit speaks to us about how to respond to authority. You know, me and Jess do our absolute best to honor you all the time. That's the desire of our life. When we have failures, it drives us crazy. Because we want to do everything in our power to hear from the Holy Spirit, do what he wants, and to lead this church right. And we got to build a culture of honor where, number one, we honor each other. We love and we respect each other. When new people come in the church, we go, you're a part of this family. We don't care if today is day one. Today is day one of many days. And we're bringing you in because we love you and we honor you and we love what God's doing in your life and we're excited to have you. A culture of honor with each other. When the Holy Spirit makes changes, sometimes he goes, nope, that's my money. That's not your money. My bank account's not my bank account. My bank account is the Holy Spirit's bank account. If the Holy Spirit says, write a check, you write a check. I was driving the other day, and the Lord said, write a check to this person. I went home, I showed Jess the check, and she said, yep, let's go. No questions. No, do I need to pray about this for 30 days? No, do I need to fast about this? The money's not my money. Money is just a tool to do what God wants me to do with it in the name of Jesus. So when the Holy Spirit controls your money, tithing is nothing. You're just returning to God what is already his. And everything else you go, okay, God, whatever you want to do, I'm just a steward of your money. I'm just here to manage your money. See, this is what fasting does. 
Fasting realigns our priorities. Fasting allows the Holy Spirit to speak into your life. And this is what King Jehoshaphat does. Point number three, King Jehoshaphat stands in faith. Stands in faith. Verse 5, Jehoshaphat stood before the community of Judah and Jerusalem in front of the courtyard of the temple of God. And he prayed, O Lord, God of our ancestors, you alone are God who is in heaven. You are ruler of all kingdoms on earth. You are powerful. You are mighty. No one can stand against you. Oh God, did you not drive out those who lived in this land before us when your people Israel alive? And did you not give this land forever to the descendants, your friend Abraham? Jehoshaphat stands in faith in three ways. I'm going to go through them fast. Number one, King Jehoshaphat reminds God of his word. King Jehoshaphat reminds God of his promises. Reminds God of what he has promised, what he said. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21, it says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue. This is a black and white issue. This is no gray. There's, I know there's places in the Bible where we go, man, that's, that's gray. I don't really know how to take that sometimes. I have to let the Holy Spirit lead me on this one. But this one is clean and clear. It is black and white. Your words, every word that you speak out over your life, over your family, over your marriage, over your future is black and white. Life or death. Life or death. And the word says, you will reap the consequences of what you speak out over your life. So what is King Jehoshaphat doing? He is speaking out the word of God. He is speaking out God's prophetic, prophetic voice over this nation. God, he is reminding God, hey, you made a promise in your word to Abraham and to the descendants of Abraham. So I'm going to stand on that promise. Sometimes when we get sick, sometimes when tragedy hits, sometimes when calamity comes, we shrink back. That is the moment you need to take the word of God and take it to the Lord and say, no, Lord, you said. I didn't say, but you said. And I'm going to stand on the word, and I'm going to speak the word, and I'm going to have what you said I could have in Jesus' name. Amen? King Jehoshaphat stood. Number two, he stewarded the word of God in his own heart. Back in chapter 17, when it said that he became king, he actually took qualified men, put the word of God into these men, gave them the word of God, and commanded them to go out into Judah and teach the people again the word of God. So Jehoshaphat said, the word of God is valuable. I need the word of God. You know what I love about the Version Bible app? The other day I was just driving, and I'm like, I can't read it. And I thought, maybe I could listen to it. And I didn't even know. There's a little button you can, you can press. And you can just, you can listen to the Word of God. God has made the Word of God so easy for us to get. So ready, accessible for you. Joshua chapter 1, verse 8, it says this. Study this book of instructions continuously. Meditate upon it day and night. Be sure to obey everything that's written in it, and only then you will prosper and succeed in all that you do. The word of God is a roadmap for life. Number three is this. The king worshiped the Lord. Sometimes when we're standing in faith, the best thing we could do is worship. Worship team, come on up. Sometimes that's all that God needs us to do. 
Sometimes that's all God needs us to do is just to stand in faith and trust him. Verse 15, it says this. He said, listen, all you people of Judah and Jerusalem, listen, King Jehoshaphat. This is what the Lord says. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged by this mighty army. For the battle is not yours. The fight is not yours. How many times in this life do we think, I got to go make this happen? I, you know what? God's just not working in the timing that I want him to. So you know what? I'm going to have to step out of God's timing, and I'm going to have to go make this happen. Or I'm going to have to bite, uh, fight this battle at work. Or I'm going to have to fight for my marriage. Or I'm going to have to fight in this area. And God goes, you know what? You don't have to fight for anything. I just need you to trust me. I just need you to trust my plan. I just need you to trust my timing. I just need you to trust it. I've got you. I'm going to take good care of you. Verse 17. But you will not even need to fight. Take your position, stand and watch the Lord's victory. He is with you, O people of Judah and Jerusalem. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Go out against them tomorrow, for the Lord is with you. Somebody needs to take that and go, that's mine. That's mine today. That's mine. The Lord said, he's for me. He is with me. Then King Jehoshaphat bowed low to his face to the ground, and all of the people of Judah and Jerusalem did the same, worshiping the Lord. Amen. Amen. Why don't you stand up this morning? I'll never forget when we started this church, we were a few weeks in, and um, everything was going the wrong direction. I don't know if you've ever had a moment like that in your life where you're trusting God, believing God, and you're like, we're going backwards. This is not working the way I thought it was going to work. Anybody? Yeah, yeah. That's where we were at. And I'll never forget, I'm up real late, and I'm crying out to the Lord, and I'm praying, and I'm, I'm just worshiping the Lord. And he said, son, you're in the fire. You're in the fire right now. But he said, you know what? There's going to be a day you're going to come out of this fire. You're not going to be burnt. You're not going to be hurt. And guess what? You're not even going to smell like smoke. Remember the Lord said, I just need you to worship me. I just need you to worship me. I just need you to trust me and my plans, that they are good. This is my church. You're my son, and I got it all worked out. So earlier I said that we are standing in faith as a church. Look around. It's kind of full, isn't it? You know, it's kind of tight. It's kind of hot. Amen? We've been believing for a long time for a new season. So, as a lot of you know, me and Jess and Matt and Levi and the elder team, I think we've seen, gosh, 47, 48 different buildings. 
not right, not right, not right. I mean, Christina, how many meetings have we had about it? Like a zillion. And so, I don't know, maybe a month ago or a month and a half ago, I called up all the elders and I said, hey, we gotta go see this, see this place. So we took him to this place and my man, my main man, Bill, I mean, we walked through the doors. I mean, walked through the doors. And he goes, this is it. Now, Bill had been telling me, and I knew it was the Lord. I knew it was the Lord. But how many times do you do it in life where you know something's the Lord, but you fight it still sometimes? Bill was telling me, Liberty Township. The Lord said that we're going to be in Liberty Township. And this building we went and saw is in Liberty Township. And we walk into the building, and Bill goes, let's sign right now. I was like, whoa, 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 here we go, here we go. But I knew it. I knew it the moment I walked into it. It was the same feeling I had the moment I walked into the teen center. It made no sense to start a church in the teen center. How many of you remember the teen center days? Those were, those were some days. It makes no sense to start a church in a warehouse. There was a boat in here when we took this place, okay? But you got to remember, when God asks you to step out in faith, it doesn't always look pretty. It doesn't always make sense. He just wants you to step out in faith. So about a month and a half ago, we go through this building. And we come back and meet as an elder team. And I said, what do you all think? They all go, this is it. 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 Okay? So you're all thinking today that I'm going to tell you that we got it today, and we don't. So I'm flying, flying home. And the whole way flying home, I can feel the battle of heaven and hell. But the Lord kept reminding me, what Abner spoke over our church. He said, I'm taking you into a three-year window where you will prosper and succeed and I will give you the ability to build. We're going to build a building someday. But we need land to build a building. Amen? We need a next step to get us to that step. Amen? So let's go through those pictures. Okay? So this is the building. Now, Bill prophesied a long time ago, okay, when we were in the teen center. He had a word from the Lord about Elevate Church. And part of the word was, everything you need is in your back door. So this building... It's in our back door. It's like, it's in our backyard. It's right back there. I mean, you could walk over there. It's about a five minute walk from here, okay? Beautiful building, would hold about 250, 260, give us the ability to continue to grow and expand. And then the best news is this, there's seven acres, seven acres for our future, amen? For what God wants to do, amen? Come on, somebody.
So I'm flying home, and the Lord goes, I want you to share this with the whole church because I need the church to come together just like the people of Judah came together. I need them to come together, and I need them to stand in faith. I go, that's cool, God, but, like, that's a big risk. And he said, yeah, I know, that's what faith is. It's always risk. It's always risk. So we put an offer on this building. We've prayed about this building. I know as sure as I knew when we started this church, that land, that building is ours in Jesus' name. I know it in my soul. I was in here and I was praying. When I was praying, I saw the angel of the Lord come and he stuck an Elevate Church flag in the property. And he said, this is Elevate Churches. So we're going to trust in faith. And we're going to believe in faith that God, that God is going to speak to these men who are in charge of this property and this land. And they're going to agree to our terms in Jesus' name. And you go, well, what's happening right now? God's waiting them out right now. God's drying them out right now. It's his land. It's God's land. It's God's property. He knows what he wants to do. Amen? So you know what we're going to do right now? I know we're going late. If you got to go, I understand. But this is a moment. <laughs> this is a moment. Sometimes I get so sick of like, man, when I was growing up in church, church would go for like three hours sometimes. Sometimes, sometimes you just got to go, you know what? Cracker Barrel can wait a second, okay? We're going to worship for a second. And we're going to worship knowing that our God is for us. And the battle isn't ours. It's his fight. It's his glory. It's his goodness. It's his favor. It's his victory. Amen? But you know why God wanted us to stand in faith together? So that it's a win for all of us. When we all stand in faith, when we all go, God, you're God. And we see the victory, guess what? We all win. Our faith grows, our confidence grows, our endurance grows. Amen? Come on, let's sing this out today.